something's flying around me, so it's exciting. It's a ladybug, so that's fair. One time in church, I was chased by a bee through an entire sermon, and so that was a lot more exciting. I can handle ladybugs a lot better. All right, so speaking of annoyances, uh, once upon a time, this was several months ago, my wife and I were walking around the mall of Georgia, like we do. Uh, a lot of times we like, that. the best way to own a dog, by the way, is to have your kids just pet the ones at the dog store in the mall, and then you leave them there and go home. So uh, that's, that's one of the things we were doing at the mall. And we were walking around the second level, okay, and most of you know I have a, a 10-year-old son who's medically fragile and has some special needs, uh, so he does things that are a little different than the rest of the general population. Okay, so while we were walking around, he decided to kick off his sneaker. Okay? And when he did so, it went through the railing from the second level and fell down to the first floor of the wonderful mall of Georgia. So, I stayed up there with the two boys, and I watched Rachel go down one of the little stairways and go and retrieve the wayward sneaker. Uh, and when she went down there, there was a lady who felt like it was her job to correct our parenting of our son. Okay? Now, that sneaker didn't hit her. Uh, it didn't come anywhere near to her. But she felt like at the top of her voice, she needed to tell Rachel, it's not cute when your son acts like that, and you need to do a better job of parenting your kid. Rachel didn't hit her, okay, just good, okay, but in short, we felt extremely judged for not being good enough parents. Okay. Now, uh, did this lady know us? Did she know anything about the special needs of my son? Did she know anything about the struggles that we have had with his behavior or all of the effort that we have put into raising him? Okay, is it her place to correct other parents whom she deems to be deficient? Okay, was that lady perfect in the way she raised her kids? Okay, so, in short, I really did not appreciate her judging us at the top of her voice in the middle of the mall. And in my own judginess, I want to send her a video of this sermon, right? All right, any of y'all know how that feels? You ever been on the receiving end of other people's judgments that weren't really fair? Okay, and how does that make you feel? All right, so if I don't want to be on the receiving end of that kind of judgment, then how judgmental should I be towards other people, right? All right, notice what Jesus says. This is from the Sermon on the Mount, chapter 7, starting in verse 1. He says, Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First, take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. Whatever that last verse means, right? We'll get to that in a minute. Okay, and we're going to break all this down more in a minute, but here's my summary of what Jesus says. Uh, do not judge. Have you heard this line before? Yeah. Uh, this one line has become one of the single most quoted sayings of Jesus in the entire Bible. 
Okay, people who don't know very much about Christianity at all, people who would never darken the doors of a church building, they know that line, right? Uh, they'll know something about the death and resurrection of Jesus, at least the story. They may know the nativity stuff, right, from, you know, nativity sets or whatever. And they know, do not judge. Okay? Uh, this is popular for lots of reasons. Okay, we really like this passage when we're thinking about other people judging us, which is what I'm assuming most of the amens were about earlier. Um, of course, whenever I make judgments about other people, those are totally cool because that's a totally different thing. But when other people judge me, Jesus says, do not judge. Right? All right, and as I'm sure you can already tell, uh, I think many people have used this verse in a way that does more harm than good. This one line has often been used as an excuse to either continue in bad behavior or reject church altogether. I'm thinking about a young lady that once I invited to church, and she said to me, she goes, well, I, I believe in Jesus, but I can't come to church. Church is where people are too judgmental, and Jesus says, do not judge. Hey, or I'm thinking about another young lady. This was back when I was preaching in Texas, and we were trying to, to help her out. She was having a lot of problems in her personal life. Some of her problems involved the fact that she was sleeping around, and she was going to a lot of parties with binge drinking and all sorts of, of bad behavior. And I said, look, your future depends on you cleaning up your act, right? For your own sake, I really hope that you can quit doing these immoral behaviors. Okay, and her response to me was, do not judge, Okay, when Jesus says, do not judge, I would contend that when we see immorality around us, that we don't shy away from calling sin what it is, right? When I see a man beat up his wife, I can judge that as wrong. Okay, whenever I turn on the news and I see terrorists killing people, uh, I judge that as evil, even the things that I struggle with, okay, like gossip and envy and worry and all the, the normal sins that, that we struggle with, right? I see those things in myself and in other people, and I even judge that as wrong and evil and sinful. Whatever word you want to use to describe it, it's not good, right? I don't think Jesus is telling us that we can't call sin, sin. Okay, so, uh, to get at what this passage does mean, I want to start with what it doesn't mean. Uh, and I don't think it means that we can never call anything wrong, right? I don't think it means that we don't ever judge things that are wrong, wrong. Jesus himself will say, this is from John chapter 7, he will say, stop judging by mere appearances, instead what? Judge correctly, okay? We are commanded to judge by Jesus. So what does it mean then in Matthew 7, he says, don't judge, and in John 7, he says, to judge. All right, if you're only going to hear me say one thing this morning, uh, let it be this next thing I'm going to say. Um, if you're taking notes, I've left you some space on your bulletin. You can write this down. This is going to be the very first blank I want you to fill out. I, I do not think in Matthew 7, Jesus is giving us a complete prohibition against judging. I think what he's saying is we need to be a whole lot more generous in the way that we judge. Recognizing how I judge you is the measure that's going to be used for judging me. Okay, so, how do I want to be judged? Then that's how I ought to judge other people, right? It gets back to something else Jesus said about treating other people the way we would like to be treated. Okay? All right. Uh, as I was studying for this lesson, I came across a quote by a, a professor at ACU named Randy Harris, and I thought this was just too perfect, so I want to share it with you. He said this. He said, we see what we're looking for, 
If we're not looking for something, we often don't see it. In this passage, Jesus asks us to change the way we look at people. If we're looking for what's worst in them, if we're looking for things to be judgmental about, they're pretty easy to find. But if we look at them with the same generosity that God looks at us, then we see a completely different picture. I like that. Okay, so that's point number one. We need to be more generous in the way we look at other people. Uh, We need to think, how do I give other people the benefit of the doubt? Right? If I want you to give me the benefit of the doubt when you're looking at what I do, then I need to respond the same way when I look at you and what you do. Fair? All right, so for his second point, Jesus uses a really funny image of a guy with a log in his own eye trying to take a speck out of someone else's eye. Uh, And I think this is one of those things, maybe he had to be there, uh, but I think his original audience would have found this hilarious. Um, Just so you're you're aware, there's lots of jokes in your New Testament. Jesus tells jokes. This is one of them. Um, Jesus is not just this serious-minded person all the time. I guarantee you, when Jesus was sitting around the campfire with the apostles, they were telling Pharisee jokes, right? (laughs) I think that was a thing. Uh, I think... Uh, That is also my justification why I use sarcasm so much. Um, I think it's okay when I do that, all right? So quit judging me for it. It's totally fine. All right, so Jesus uses this image of the log and the speck, and he's making one central point, which I think we all can see, uh, and that's number two, don't be a hypocrite, right? So often in our judgments of others, we are guilty of the same things or even worse, and it shouldn't be like that. Uh, And so much of this gets to motivation. Okay, if I am going to point out something that you're doing that's incorrect in your life, what's my motivation for doing it? Am I doing it so that I can put myself up as somehow better than you? Or Or am I doing that because I genuinely love you and I'm trying to help you? Okay, if my motivation is to love you, that's totally different than if my motivation is to make myself look good. We should be helping each other live more righteous lives, but we can do so without being judgmental. Okay, so don't be a hypocrite. All right, Uh, for his third point, Jesus makes, um, we get to the hardest verse of this entire section, right? This is verse 7, I'm sorry, chapter 7, verse 6, where he says, Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. And everybody reading this says, what in the world does that have to do with what we were just talking about with judging and logs and specks, Right? Um, And this is another one of those verses where if you read three different commentaries, you can get three different answers on what Jesus means by this. So I'll tell you what I think, which is the truth, of course. Okay. All right. In the Jewish world, the way they talked about Gentiles was as pigs and dogs. Right? There is no chance that when Jesus uses the animals of pigs and dogs um, that his audience wouldn't have immediately thought Gentiles. Okay? So... I think what Jesus is getting at when he says this is he's telling us, and this is my point number three, but this teaching is for us, okay? This is not for them, right? How are they going to judge, right? If I'm out in the world dealing with people who don't care about following Jesus at all, what kind of judgments are they going to give? They're not going to care about not judging people. They're not going to care about being hypocrites. They're not going to care about any of that. This teaching is for us, all right? When we go out into the world and we try to act like Jesus, it's going to be different than it is for the people out in the world. And what will often happen is when we try to act like Jesus in the world, we'll pay a price for it. Okay? This is one of the many places, I think, in the New Testament which teach 
um, that the stuff we're talking about, the ethics of following Jesus, are going to be different than what the ethics are out in the world, and we shouldn't expect the world to uphold the ethics that we uphold as followers of Jesus. All right? A whole lot more we could say about that verse. I think there's, there's a lot more to that, but I want to move on to the part where I think is much more difficult for us, which is how do I make sure that I am following what Jesus says in the earlier verses here, and I'm a person who judges with generosity. Okay? So if you want to know more about that weird verse 6, you can talk to me later. All right. Uh, three things I want us to remember as we think about how to judge more like God sees people, which is with great grace and generosity. Okay, how can I actually do this on Monday after we leave here? Okay, so three things I want us to remember, and I've left you blanks for these as well. Uh, first thing we need to remember is A, and that is that we don't know the whole story. One of the ways that we can be less judgy is to remember, I don't know the whole story. Like that lady in the mall didn't know all of my story, I don't know all of anyone else's story either, so I should be humble about how I judge other people. Uh, two pictures I want to show you. First off, if you saw this at the bottom of your swimming pool, this shadow, how likely are you to get in the water? Yeah, not very. Uh, but then if you see the rest of the picture, you can see it's not that scary at all, right? You didn't see the whole picture, Okay. Uh, now, this comes out a lot in the way that we report news stories as well, right? I found another picture. I thought this was pretty good. How do we treat our enemies? Okay? Doesn't look so good. What if you see the other part of the picture? How do we treat our enemies? Okay, and if you see the whole picture, it's telling a very different story than if you just saw one part of it, right? How many applications are there from that, okay? Every story that we see is shaded one way or the other, and we need to have the humility to remember that we don't know the whole story. And so as I see other people and their actions, I can look at individual things that someone else might do, and I can judge something as being sinful or being not right, but I need to hold that with a lot of generosity because I don't know the whole story, right? For instance, um, I read a story the other day um, about how someone was stealing and they got in a lot of trouble for stealing food from a store. And everyone said, man, that's terrible. Isn't that awful? You find out the rest of the story. The person had starving kids at home. Now, is it still wrong to steal? Yep. Do I judge that person a whole lot differently when I know the whole story? Absolutely. Right? So fair enough. Number one, we don't know the whole story. Um, number B, and that is we are unable to be impartial judges. Okay, we need to remember that we are unable to be impartial judges. Uh, I know I have told this story before, but I think about it fairly regularly because it has so many applications. Um, if you go back in time to whenever I was a young child, I was the smallest kid in my class. Okay, this is before my alpha male days. This was back when I was little. Okay. And whenever I was a young kid, I was on the receiving, it's not that funny. I was on the receiving end, y'all are going to feel bad in a minute. Uh, I was on the receiving end of a lot of bullying, okay? I got bullied a lot as a little kid. I really did. There was uh, several boys in particular that just picked on me to no end because I was the smallest kid in class, all right? Fast forward to now I'm about 16 or 17, um, and I was in high school, and one summer I spent a week uh, as a co-counselor of a cabin of fourth grade boys, okay, at church camp, all right? And one day, as I'm the co-counselor of this cabin, I see the smallest kid in the cabin getting bullied by the biggest kid in the cabin. Yeah, 
Okay, now I'm the adult and I'm the biggest kid in the room. Um, and so I went over and I took that nine-year-old boy and I put him up against the wall of that cabin and I got about an inch from his face and we had a come to Jesus talk. I said, look, I am bigger than you are. I can do anything I want you to do right now and you can't do a thing in the world to stop me. Okay, now, was I right to judge that bullying as wrong? Was I an impartial judge in that scenario? Or was I bringing in all my own baggage and history into that encounter? Okay. In every encounter you will have in your life, you bring with you your pain, you bring with you your past experiences, you bring with you your own sin struggles. Right? One of the ways that we often judge is if it's something I don't struggle with, that's a whole lot worse than something I do struggle with. Right? So if I see someone struggling with a sin that's not my sin, man, that's really bad. But if it's struggling with something I know I've dealt with, well, I mean, that's understandable, right? Okay? We are very unable to be impartial judges. And the more we remember how impartial that we are, the more generous we can be in how we judge other people. Fair enough? All right. Number C. We need to remember always that we are not good enough to judge. Uh, you remember the story, this is from John chapter 8, about how Jesus walks up and there's a crowd of people and they're all picking up rocks to stone a lady. And they look at this as a really good opportunity to test Jesus. And they say, hey Jesus, what do you think of this? We caught her in adultery. The law says she should be stoned. Okay? And Jesus was writing in the dirt, and I have no idea what he was writing, uh, but he looks up and with great wisdom says, okay, whichever one of you is good enough to be without sin of your own, feel free to stone the lady. And what happens in the story? They don't stone her, right? They start dropping their rocks one at a time as they realize that none of them are good enough to be judges of this woman. Okay, so here's where I'm at on, on all of this. I think that you and I are called to be discerning people. We are called to look at the actions of our brothers and sisters and the actions of the world around us, and we need to make judgments based on Scripture and based on what God is telling us about right and wrong. We can see evil in the world, we can see even evil in each other and say that's wrong, that's sinful, and that's not the way it's supposed to be. What we are not equipped to do, though, is judge other people's hearts. Okay? I can look at actions that you commit and say that's wrong. You can look at actions that I commit and say that's wrong, but I can't judge you as a person. Right? I'm not God, and I don't want to play God. Right? We can judge actions, we should judge actions, we should be people of discernment, uh, but we need to look at people with the same kind of generosity that God looks at us. So let's treat each other with godly generosity. All right, at this time in our service, we are going to sing a few verses of an invitation song. During the singing of this song, I will be down front, one of our shepherds will be down front, uh, this is a time in our service where we want to be here as the church for you. Uh, we would love to pray with you or talk with you about anything that is going on in your life uh, during the singing of this next song. And before we sing that, I'd like to close us with a word of blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you and give you peace. Let's stand and sing.